Hi, and welcome to the research room, a space to make research for the people, by the people. And today I'm going to be talking about more empathy on this episode of um, Falsifiable Fridays. I still <laughs> hasn't stuck yet, but um, yes, Falsifiable Fridays. Um, so I'm still going to be talking about empathy here. <clears throat> um, I have covered a couple of things so far, right? So um, two weeks ago, uh, I talked about um, what empathy is like in everyday life, um, how we don't just empathize when it's a negative situation, right? Like it's also in the positives that we will uh, empathize and also it's um, relation to uh, well-being. Um, we like to think that empathy is this, this good thing, right? Um, but it's it's both positive and negative. Um, and then um, last week I talked about um, how we sometimes really don't want to be uh, empathizing uh, and that's okay, right? That's completely okay. And for various reasons that happens. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's the basic gist of uh, what I did last week. Um, this week, I'm going to continue talking about empathy. And um, I'm going to be talking about, like, I mean, I, I think empathy is also this thing that, like, we automatically think that it's going to be good for our connections and be good for our relationships and be good for our social interactions, whatever, right? Um, not necessarily. <laughs> and that's what I'm going to be talking about here. Um, so, um, there's a few terms uh, that I want to talk about first, um, before getting into what the finding was, and then also other questions that you might have or might want to have um, after seeing this research, um, to see, is it believable in your life? Um, do you need more evidence? Um, what else do you want to see out of this? And so, um, I'll start with those terms. Um, there's three terms here. So one term, first term, uh, is going to be empathic accuracy. Um, we generally understand what empathy is. Um, it's feeling somebody else's emotions and it's um, taking their perspective, things like that, right? But um, just because you're doing that doesn't mean you're accurate. And so <clears throat> there is something to be said about um, empathic accuracy rather than just empathy. And so what this research will be looking at is really that, that idea of if you are accurately empathizing with somebody else, what happens um, or what else is currently happening at that same moment. Then um, the next term, um, we have empathic concern. And so with empathic concern, I mean, you can just think of it as concern and nothing really too special or different about um, empathic concern versus concern. Um, maybe it's felt a little bit deeper, but this idea that you are feeling warm toward who you're talking to, you're feeling compassionate toward them, that you're feeling close to them, sympathetic toward them. And so um, all those things together um, would be considered uh, empathic concern. And then we have responsiveness. And responsiveness is this idea that you are being understanding with your partner, that you are validating them, and that you are being caring. And I mean, it sounds very close <laughs> to empathic concern, um, but it is distinct. And so we want to see how do, do, how do these three things relate to each other? And so I'll say it. <laughs> I'll just say what the finding is. And uh, I'll let you just like sort of think about it for a little bit. 
So the basic thing is that um, empathic accuracy only positively reflected um, uh, responsiveness in certain situations. So we want to automatically think that empathic accuracy would lead to better responsiveness, better interactions, not necessarily. And so <clears throat> what are those certain uh, situations where empathic accuracy does not um, end up relating positively to responsiveness? And so the thing here is that we also need to have concern. We need to have that empathic concern alongside that empathic accuracy. Um, if we don't have concern, then that empathic accuracy it doesn't necessarily relate to responsiveness. And if it does, it's potentially negative. And I, I, I think that totally makes sense. But first, what do you think, right? Do you think that that is true? Do you know in your own life where that has happened to be true, where you are accurately empathizing with somebody and that doesn't make you more sympathetic, that doesn't make you more caring, that doesn't make you wanna like actually interact with them more? Or, do you think it's always the opposite that when you are empathically accurate that you end up wanting to be sympathetic it's just it's this natural kind of thing well i mean that's what the research found is that um you need that concern in order to um have um more responsive uh, more responsiveness to your partner and so all this was also done within uh, romantic relationships um, so we can keep that in mind when we are thinking about um, who, for who uh, do these um, results matter. And so um, what happened in this uh, was that they had two uh, partners come to a lab and they discussed uh, a conflict. And one person was uh, speaking about their conflict, whether that's in their relationship or uh, personally, um, something that they're um, undergoing. And then the other person was supposed to um, be the empathizer, um, be the supportive role here. And so um, they discuss, um, and the researchers found that those that um, were accurate, it didn't necessarily um, also mean that they were more responsive. They were only more responsive when they had that concern and uh, potentially less responsive when they didn't have that concern. So that's the general finding, um, but I have questions. Um, I have questions about a lot of things here. Um, and again, like I just wanna know like, to what degree is this believable? To what degree should I be like just incorporating this into my own life? And so um, my first question here um, I, I think it's, it's fairly quick, um, but I think you'll understand. So um, what does responsive, responsiveness mean for the quality of the relationship? So if somebody is being responsive, is that a good thing, <laughs> right? Um, so to some degree, it's like, yes, um, we think that responsiveness might be a good thing, but in the same way that we thought empathic accuracy might be a good thing, it's not necessarily a good thing, right? And so um, does responsiveness actually mean that you have a higher quality relationship? Does it actually mean that you are more satisfied in this relationship? Does it mean that you're more connected? Does it mean that you're more invested? Like, what does it actually mean that you are more responsive? Does the other person actually feel as if they are, are uh, being supported here? Does it do anything with their own mental health? Does it do anything about their well-being? 
what what does this responsiveness actually do do we want responsiveness and i mean logically i think yes right <laughs> that makes a lot of sense you want to be a responsive partner there is other research that just shows that like i mean the more engaging a partner that you are the the better that it is for the relationship but like also not necessarily <laughs> um you can be very responsive and engaging and that kind of can go right that can uh, turn into a lot of negativity and like you can potentially have like contempt <laughs> for the other person if you're constantly being responsive and like maybe your own needs aren't being met like of course like these things are pretty complicated so um so i guess my my question is so what <laughs> uh, so what if you have concern and you have accuracy and you become responsive or something like that like is that actually what we want? And I'm sure there are going to be situations where we do want that and there are situations where we don't want that. So even if you are being empathically accurate, even if you are being um, concerned, you're now being more responsive as well. Don't just automatically think that it's going to lead to this positive outcome because it can go multiple ways from here. Um, second question is... The idea of concern. So yeah, we can we can be somebody who has higher concern, we can be somebody who has lower concern. What exactly is lower concern? And so in order to uh, understand this question and this answer, we have to look at what the researchers actually did. Um, so all they did was they asked questions about concern um, to um, both partners. They asked about um, how, um, how much they care, things like that, right? And so this was on a zero to four um, scale. Zero meaning um, you're just you're not concerned at all. Four meaning that you are very concerned. And, and then like a two is somewhere in the middle, right? So um, the, the breakdown here was that most people were fairly concerned um, in this study. Uh, these are, I mean, good enough couples, right? I mean, they're, they um, are opting to come into a lab and be recorded and talk through something personal, right? They're probably not going to be like the worst <laughs> of couples. They, there must be some quality there and there must be some trust in that, like the, in the relationship to be able to do that. So um, the, the average um, here was that like most people with low concern, they were probably around a 2.2 um and and anywhere between like that 2.2 to like maybe even up to a three <laughs> out of four and so like is that low concern like i mean there's still a good amount of concern there it gets much worse <laughs> in romantic relationships um or in any relationship but um it definitely gets worse right so if you if you're a one on this scale if you are a zero on this scale how much would that change these results um, I wonder if if we had that like larger range here, if we had couples that came in that were very, very <laughs> unconcerned about the partner, um, does that change anything about these results? Um, and again, because these are all generally satisfied couples here, it seems like they're generally all concerned, they're generally all responsive as well. Um, how and I imagine that it's it's uh, a fairly intuitive way that this might work out, but we really don't know. Um, <clears throat> we we have no idea until like we see enough people go through this. We can have ideas. We can have ideas for how it might work out in our own lives and maybe our close others' lives, but we don't actually know. 
And so, um, yeah, of course, like the thought is if you're just, if you're that much lower on concern, then if you are empathic, yeah, accurate, then probably that is going to make things even worse because now you're understanding um, where your partner is coming from and like you just, you hate it that much more or um, you're understanding where your partner, what your partner is feeling, but like you have that kind of disconnect. And so you're just like, I mean, get over it. Like I go through this all the time. Like I also feel hurt and upset, but like, you don't see me complaining. Like there's that kind of thing, right? Which is like, I, I mean, I hope none of you have heard that before, but like, that's definitely a phrase that gets thrown around. Um, so I, yeah, I'd be very curious to see what happens with these people um, of lower concern. Um, and then maybe we can like really see like with more confidence that if you're empathically accurate, then that actually might lead to even less responsiveness <laughs> without the concern. Um, a very related point um, that I'll just say quickly is that, I mean, these these are very much dating couples. Um, I mean, they're together um, for, I mean, on average about a year, but uh, we know that relationships last much longer than a year. Um, there's more to life after college and relationships as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, what happens with um, with married folks? Um, are, are, do they engage in this kind of thing? Um, does this kind of get wiped out over time, right? Like maybe you just kind of get used to how your partner is interacting with you. The responsiveness uh, matters less. Maybe the empathic accuracy matters less because like you just kind of understand your partner already. You don't have to actively be active, um, uh, empathizing with them. Who knows? Um, maybe somebody knows, <laughs> but I haven't seen that research. So um yeah, that's uh, some some points there about just like what's actually happening in the study itself. Um, I have maybe another uh, related point, but like this is uh, uh, my third and last question uh, for this uh, for this uh, episode. And so I've been talking about empathic accuracy and how it's going to um, also um, go hand in hand with this whole responsiveness thing as long as there's concern. I think, of course, there is truth to that. But this research <laughs> doesn't necessarily do um, what it needs to do in order to make these claims, at least from my perspective. So um, there's at least one assumption that they're making, and I'll, I'll hopefully be able to show um, what I mean here. So if we're thinking about does empathic accuracy actually positively or negatively relate to anything during a conversation, and that point of during a conversation that is super important um, because they don't actually measure empathic accuracy during any conversation here. They measure empathic accuracy after the conversation, which is fair. It's very hard to do that during a conversation, but then your claims have to be a little bit different, right? Um, what we can actually say is happening here, we don't know. So, let me walk you through um, just the, the very, very basic outline of what happened. The two partners, they talk, right? And that, it, that talk is being recorded. So we have the video footage of that. The um, two partners, they go into separate rooms. They both watch the recordings. And as they're watching the recordings, they end up saying like, oh, like, um, uh, can we pause here? Um, at this point, I was feeling such and such thing. At this point, I was thinking such and such thing. Then you keep going and you keep doing the same process throughout that entire um, video length. Um, then 
both partners, they watch um, the videos again. Again, they're in separate rooms. They're watching the videos. They watch it again for a second time now. And in that second time, they um, are told where the other person said to stop, that they were feeling something. And they have to now guess what were they feeling in that moment. And so this all sort of approximates what might be happening in real time. Maybe you really do see your partner and you can just kind of like um, see like, hey, like I understand that you're feeling something in this moment. I understand that you're thinking something in this moment. Um, and so now I'm going to respond in a certain way. But it's very different <laughs> to do that outside of the, the conversation as well, right? If you have had a chance, I mean, you had the discussion, so that is one interaction. You've now seen the videotape, that is a second interaction, and now you're seeing it um, for a second time, that is the third interaction uh, of just like looking at this and studying this and like seeing what's happening. So, I mean, I would hope <laughs> that you get more information um, from that, that you're seeing your partner multiple times and seeing them and hearing them, that you're able to understand a little bit better. Like, and you're also like, you're not actively having to talk. You're not actively having to respond. Um, and so it's, it's a little bit easier to like now say like, oh, I, I guess I do understand what's happening here. I understand that you're happy. I understand that you're sad. And so it's, I would say, a fairly different situation than like when you are in the moment and you're hearing these things in the first, uh, for the first time and you're also having to respond uh, on the spot. Um, and you're being recorded too, right? Like there's also that like kind of weirdness um, that is happening. So um, what I want to say is that um, this version of empathic accuracy, um, although I understand why it is done, it's not actually telling us what's happening in the moment. During that conversation, what is actually happening? Maybe they were empathically accurate and maybe they were not actually empath empathically accurate. Um, this is just sort of a proxy. And so we don't know um, if it's actually that, or maybe there's something else that's happening during the conversation itself that is making them seem more responsive. And so this whole idea of responsiveness is that, um, I mean, it's this objective thing because um, uh, the researchers themselves, they also end up watching these uh, recordings and they end up um, saying like, oh, like this person's being responsive um, on, on some sort of like scale, right? Or th these were times with, that they were responsive. And so um, we, we, we get like that sort of sense. Um, we also get from the partner, like, hey, I felt like my partner was being responsive. So we have like two things that now line up. Cool, right? But also, still, um, what does that actually mean? Um, what does it actually mean that um, what, as far as what was happening with empathic accuracy, we only know what was happening after the fact that they were able to see these videos a couple times and like now they're able to empathically, um, um, empathize accurately. So hopefully that, that makes sense. Um, that like, and this whole idea um, is we honestly don't know. Like we, we have guesses as researchers, we have guesses as scientists, we have guesses as um, people that have analyzed and look at these data and like written them up. But it's still not quite the everyday experience that you might have. This is definitely different. Uh, unless, I mean, I, I'm not here to judge. Um, potentially this is something you do. Maybe you do actually have <laughs> recorded conversations and then you like watch them again. And then you end up being to like look through and say like, oh, like these are things that you were feeling. I mean, I think that would be a great thing, right? Like 
be able to just kind of stop <laughs> for a little bit, not have to argue with your partner, um, and uh, just like stop and like really truly try to understand. Like you have a space for that. Like that could be super <laughs> helpful. Um, but I mean, that's not <laughs> um, at least the the average experience. Um, maybe there are people that do that though, and like great, great if you do do that. Um, I, I think that's a, it's a very mature thing. Um, okay, <laughs> so those are the points that I want to bring up uh, as far as just like, what, what do we make of this finding? What can we do now that we have this information? I think the, the general premise is definitely there. Um, I think that general premise makes sense. And I, I think that that whole idea of responsiveness totally makes sense as well um, for the quality of our relationships. But at the end of the day, these are all assumptions. <laughs> and if you didn't believe it because I've now pointed out these assumptions, so be it, right? Like you, you don't ever have to. Um, you don't have to until you see more evidence. You don't have to until you see it in your own life, whatever, right? Um, but these are things that you should know. And to, you should be able to know when you either do or don't actually agree with something. And these are some reasons why you might not. And these might also be some reasons why you do actually. So <clears throat> with that, um, I'm going to leave that there. And I'm gonna say for next week, uh, I'm gonna wrap up empathy. Um, and I'm gonna talk about an intervention to increase empathy. As much as I've been kind of saying like, oh, like is empathy actually a good thing? Um, yes, I, I do think on average um, it is, right? It depends on how you're doing it. It depends on how often you're doing it and all these other things, right? But it's, it's a valuable skill um, as far as like actual connectedness um, to others goes. Um, what you end up doing with that after, um, I mean, that, that's going to be like where, where it really ends up falling into the more positive or negative uh, kind of camp. So uh, I'll talk about an intervention to increase empathy, uh, to actually more increase concern more than anything else. Um, and yeah, we'll see what happens with that. So until next week, um, thank you for tuning in. Um, if you want, there is much more information on all this um, on roomforresearch.com or on social media at Room for Research. And so um, until next week, I will see you there. Bye for now. With the sun.